Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators Podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull. And I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs, and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians, to building a cohesive brand, to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run, and grow your weight-inclusive business. The good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we are on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Weight Inclusive Innovator crew. Welcome back to the pod. Morgan here, and I am flying solo today. And let me tell you, this podcast would legit never happen if I didn't have Hannah. I was supposed to record this episode last week. I kept moving it back and moving it back and moving it back. But here we are. I am a little stressed about getting this podcast episode out just because I now have five less days than I usually do because of procrastination. But if you're listening to this episode, it means success. We did it. Accountability is so freaking helpful. Like I I just have to leave it at that. And Hannah, I missed you this week. I'm so happy we're going to be recording again together this week. But don't let my delay in recording this for you. Today, I am going to be doing my own spin on one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to, How I Built This. On How I Built This, Guy Raz gets to spend his days interviewing innovators, entrepreneurs, idealists, and share the stories about the movements they've built. And while my businesses aren't in the same playing field as companies like LearnVest and Bumble and Headspace, I am still so excited to share the story of how I built my company, The Eating Expedition. Let's dive in. The Eating Expedition, hosting food-focused trips and experiences around the world. We take being a foodie up a notch. Farms, factories, food trucks, fine dining, and firsthand experiences guide our conversations with folks in the food world as we get a behind-the-scenes look into different food cultures and celebrate the connection that food provides. We're on a mission to cultivate spaces and conversations that explore the origins of foods we love and the cultures they create while providing access to adventure and education through firsthand experiences. I know, I know, it sounds so dreamy. You want to go on a trip right now? I'm right there with you. But let's back it up a little bit, taking us back to when I was back in college, because that is where the story of the eating expedition begins. I was finishing up my sophomore year and caught wind that the nutrition and food science department at Texas A&M University was going to be leading a food-focused study abroad trip. It was only open to nutrition and food science majors, and they were taking us to Italy for four and a half weeks. Say no more, wanted to go back to Italy, but then they gave us the itinerary and we were getting to do stuff like do olive oil tastings on an olive farm in Cinque Terre and visit vineyards in Tuscany region and 
We visited the Parmigiano-Reggiano Cheese Factory and got to visit the FAO, which is the Food and Agricultural Organization of the European Union, which is headquartered in Rome. When I tell you this was a trip meant for me, this was a trip meant for me. We literally spent four and a half weeks studying and eating our way through Italy. It was incredible. Then I found out that the next summer, the same professors were going to take another group of students, nutrition and food science students, to Brazil. And I was determined to go on this trip again because the first Italy trip was just a dream. And I was like, love Italy, love Italian food, loved getting to learn about it. I don't know as much about Brazil. Let's go on this trip. I'm very thankful. I know there's a lot of privilege that comes with getting to do two study abroads in college. Um, but a few things happened in my personal life that allowed me to get some funds in order to go on this trip to Brazil, where we spent three weeks at a university about four hours north of Rio that actually specializes in dairy. They had a creamery on their campus, which was really cool to see. We learned about the different governmental programs in Brazil, about the different food and food properties, similar to what you would do with like a cooking lab, but specific for Brazilian food. We got to take some day trips up to the mountains to see coffee bean farms. Then we spent a week in the Amazon River, living on a boat, getting to visit cassava root farms, sleeping in the rainforest, going piranha fishing, going caiman hunting, swimming with pink river dolphins, going to a passion fruit farm. This was the week of my life that I asked myself, what am I doing? Like, how did I get here? How am I getting to experience these things? And you can't really top the Amazon river, but then we finished our trip in Rio By this point, they had some excursions lined up for us, but we were so exhausted that honestly, we just got to eat at really good restaurants and hang out on Empanema Beach and do a few more of the touristy things. Now, I know what you're thinking, Morgan, quit being that girl that talks about her study abroad, but I promise this is in good faith because this was the start of the eating expedition. After experiencing both of those trips, I was like, you know who would love to do stuff like this, people who aren't nutrition and food science majors, the general public, I think would eat stuff like this up, no pun intended. But I was a college student. My sights were on different things at the time. And so I kind of pushed that idea out of my mind and was like, it would be really cool, but like, who am I? I'm like a 22 year old kid maybe one day, but right now I'm just loving traveling. So we're just going to, we're just going to keep doing that and not think about taking other people abroad. So a few years passed by and I, long story short, decide to move to Italy after all of my schooling because I had no clue what I wanted to do, but I moved to Italy for a few months. And when I got there, all of the memories of my study abroad in Italy just came flooding back to me. I got to go to some of the same places that we visited during my study abroad and just the nostalgia kicked in real freaking hard. One of the pivotal moments during this was one of my friends who I had met during my study abroad told me about this little coastal town called Camogli. 
and told me that they were having a fish festival while I was in Italy. Obviously was intrigued by this. Camogli is known for their fishing, Tonarella fishing specifically, which is a older practice originated in Italy that they use to catch anchovies. And they have a festival every year to celebrate this type of fishing. And so obviously had to go. And I am not a huge seafood person, um, especially fish. And I would say within that, especially anchovies, just, just not my, not my, not my jam. And you get a ticket and you wait in this line and they hand you like a, a paper tray, I guess you could say, with three full anchovies that are fried on the outside. And I'm like, what do I do with this? Like I've never eaten a fish this way. And so I take it to the coast and I'm sitting there taking pictures of my fish because I'm also writing an article for a company while I was there. And I'm looking around and people are just like straight up biting into it like you would ribs. Obviously had to try it because when in Italy, eating fish on the coast in this adorable, colorful little coastal town, not my favorite experience, not my favorite food experience, but definitely a memory for the books. Now I can go on and on about all of the food adventures that I've had while traveling. If you've done traveling, I'm sure you have so many food stories to share too, because there is such a thrilling piece about travel. Like when you travel, the main purpose of it, at least for most people I know, is to get to experience that culture. And with that culture is the food. But to not share more and more stories about all of my different food adventures, I will get into the actual how I built the eating expedition. I've given you some background, did some nutrition-focused study abroad that kind of sparked this idea, moved moved to Italy, got to do a few more food-focused experiences, was reminded of my study abroad, and, and it brought me back to this mindset of this would be something really cool to do. And I started mapping out the business plan of what could this look like? I would consider myself a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed individual at this point, not really anticipating anything that could possibly go wrong with this and was telling my idea to everybody that would listen because I was so excited. Like, Who wouldn't want to travel the world and eat food and learn about different food cultures? And this was further solidified, this idea Whenever my aunt was visiting me, when I was living in Italy, we were hanging out in Florence. We were at a hotel and we woke up and went downstairs to grab breakfast at the hotel. And so we're sitting there and chit-chatting and all of a sudden this couple walks in and they're speaking English and they sit down next to us. And so naturally I strike up a conversation with them be like, oh, like, where are you from? Turns out they're from Austin, Texas, which is just right down the road from Houston The craziest coincidences happened during this conversation. Their son owns a company that I actually did a case study on when I was in my master's program. So that was a weird coincidence. And then Cheryl, the wife, was asking me like what I did, what I wanted to do, told her about the idea of the eating expedition. It was not called the eating expedition at the time. I did not have a name for it. That's a story for another day. Coming up with the name, it took sitting on this idea for over two and a half years to come up with a name. 
but I was telling Cheryl about this idea and she just tilts her head and looks at me and she goes, that's so interesting that you say that. I actually run a really similar business model where I take women who are older and single and want a like-minded group to travel with, or maybe they don't, they don't have anyone to travel with. And I bring them to Paris. And I was like, that is so interesting. So basically the same thing that I want to do, but mine is just more niche to food. And she goes, I'll tell you what, let me give you my phone number. And when you're back in Texas, let me know. And I'll take you to lunch and I'll share all my secrets with you. So you know that whenever I got home from Italy, I hit Cheryl up, drove out to Austin, Texas and had lunch with her. And she was so kind, shared more about her story, how she got started. And then told me, you know, the biggest hurdle that I had was the legal piece of doing this, which rightfully so. That's definitely the biggest pain in my butt right now. Push that out of mind because it was not a feasible business idea at the time. I had no clue what I was doing. I needed to make money. I had a design studio I was running. I ended up working as an eating disorder dietitian for a little bit. And this sparked a whole other piece of the eating expedition. Actually, when the eating expedition first started, My idea was to take clients who were on the tail end of recovery or who had recovered from an eating disorder on these food-focused trips around the world to celebrate their recovery. I worked with a lot of college students whenever I was working as an eating disorder dietitian, and they would tell me, you know, I can't study abroad during the summer because I have to come home and go to treatment. And my heart just went out for them. And I was like, what better way to celebrate recovery than essentially doing a study abroad with the eating expedition, studying food, celebrating food, experiencing other food cultures. I quickly realized that this was a little too niche of a market. I pigeoned myself a little too much. I now would love to host a trip one day for this, but it's not the primary focus of the business. And was like, you know what? We're bringing it back to the general public. Of this isn't this is something that anyone who appreciates food and appreciates food culture, appreciates different cultures, and loves to travel would want to do. So you know what? Screw it. Let's do it. I'm just going to jump into it. And I started planning a trip for October of 2020. I'm sure you know how this story goes. I had a group of people ready to go. It actually had one person purchase their plane tickets. And then the pandemic hit and I obviously had to cancel this first trip and was just bummed because I mean, it had been years at this point since I've had this idea. I was finally bringing it to life. I was finally in a place where I was able to dedicate enough brain space towards it and had to cancel the first trip, which sucked. I decided to spend that time not focusing on trips, but just developing this really solid brand, both on the strategy side, as well as the visual side. I worked with the brand strategist because I didn't trust myself to bring something together that just felt so close to home. Give me other people's visions. I can create stuff all day. There was a mental block with my own, my own brand, my own business. And so hired someone to help me out with that. And ended up with this really solid brand identity. I had a really clear vision of the ideal client, who I wanted to market this towards, what kind of trips I wanted them to be. I wanted them to be free of diet talk naturally, on brand with everything that I've got going on. 
and just be a space for like-minded individuals who have a good relationship with food to come together and travel together and and have this experience together. In the midst of all of this, had my solid brand and I started getting so antsy. It's just one of those things where like you have something that's so good and you want to shout it from the rooftop and I couldn't do anything with it because it wasn't safe to travel yet. And so I was like, okay, but I really just want to like have this big launch, bring it all to life. What can I do? And I decided to host some local events in Houston. So mind you, finished developing this logo, this brand, end of July, beginning of August, 2021, middle of August, decided September is going to be the launch month of the eating expedition. It was very ambitious. Definitely not my best decision. If you listened to last week's episode or two weeks ago, episode from two weeks ago, true Enneagram 7 coming out in a not great way. I I didn't think things through and I had that screw it, let's do it mentality. And I planned three events in the month of September, less than a month out. Two of them were good. Weren't the best, but they were good. I got people there. I broke even. I didn't make any money, which was fine. Just wanted to, you know, get something going, get that exposure, get the name out there. I had one event that I had to completely cancel because no one signed up for it. And that was a huge blow. Let myself cry it out. And then was like, you know what? I'm going to do even better. I'm going to plan a Texas food tour in November, two months away, thinking I could convince people to sign up for this trip. Right around the time Delta variant hits and realized that farms and factories and a lot of restaurants were not letting people in to see their production, to be in large groups and and just, you know, another solid failed attempt at event planning. And I was getting really hard on myself because this, this big dream that I had kept not happening. And I was getting so frustrated. I ended up taking the end of the year off. So pretty much October and November kind of was an out of sight, out of mind, didn't think about it, was like, I just need time to sit with this and mull over what I want to do. And come December, things were starting to open back up again. More and more people were getting vaccinated. International travel was starting to open again. And I was like, you know what? Take it back to the roots. Let's go to Italy. Who doesn't want to go eat their way through Italy? It seems like it would be an easy sell. Go big or go home. Let's plan an Italy trip. I reached out to Doug and Erica, who are who is a couple that lives in Cinque Terre, near Cinque Terre in Italy. And they were actually the ones that planned my nutrition-focused study abroad to Italy back when I was in college. And they have a tourism company. And so I reached out to them and I said, hey, this is what I've got going on. This is the eating expedition. This is what I'm thinking. Can't bring people for four and a half weeks as much as I wish I could. But here is a 10-day itinerary, basically a condensed version of the study abroad. This is what I want to do. What are your thoughts? Can you help me bring this to life? And they responded with a resounding, yes, absolutely. Let's make it happen. As soon as I got that, yes, jumped for joy. So excited that this was finally coming to life. 
and I got planning right away. I reached out to one of my friends who is a photographer. She's currently working in at a resort in the Maldives. Julia, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. So excited to go to Italy with you. Having Julia join this trip is kind of a win-win-win for everyone, right? I am getting photos and videos for marketing for future trips. And all of the attendees are going to be getting photos and videos of themselves in Italy, eating their way through Italy, where they can be present with the excursions that we're going on and really soak it up. Not to say they can't take out their phones and take pictures. It's totally fine. Totally get it. But there's someone there to help capture some of those memories as well, which just feels so special to me. And so when we were planning this out, we decided to open up eight spots for it. So eight spots plus myself, plus Julia as the photographer. So 10 total wanted to keep it large enough where people could, you know, break off, go do things on free afternoons and whatnot, but small enough to where we can all come together and sit at the same table for meals and reflect on the day that we've had. And so when I was building out the itinerary, a little ambitious, but Doug and Erica said that it was totally doable. So I trust their judgment and we're going with it. It is 10 days just jam-packed with so much food-focused excursions, firsthand experiences, a little glimpse into the itinerary, which by the way, if you want to learn more, you can go to the eatingexpedition.com. We do still have some spots available on the trip. So if this is piquing your interest and you want to go, reach out, let me know. Happy to answer any questions you have. But the itinerary in a nutshell is three days in Parma, three days in Cinque Terre on the coast, three days in Tuscany, and our final night in Milan. And some of the excursions we have planned are visiting the Parmigiano Reggiano Cheese Factory in Parma, visiting Modena, which is the birthplace of balsamic vinegar, heading to the coast Cinque Terre. It's in the state of Liguria. This is where pesto originated. They have olive forms on the side of the mountain, getting to go explore and taste both of those. They're on the coast. Their seafood's amazing. And then we'll head down to Tuscany. We're going to be primarily in Florence, but obviously you can't be in Tuscany and not go to a vineyard specifically to try some Chianti wine. And then head back up to Milan where we're going to be visiting the Last Supper painting for our Last Supper in Italy before we all depart. So it's this perfect combination of food-focused excursions, getting to try the local cuisine, being around new people, making new friends, experiencing the Italian culture. It is going to be an incredible trip. I pinch myself every day that I am getting to host this trip abroad and bring people to one of my favorite places in the entire world for the sole purpose of getting to experience the food. If you can't swing it this year, have no fear. I have lots of ideas up my sleeve of future places to go. I'm hoping next year uh, I'll get to take a group to Mexico City for a few days. Absolutely one of my favorite cities. And then beyond that, I haven't spent a lot of time traveling around Asia. I've done Singapore and Bali, but I would love to do a trip to Thailand or Japan or South Korea. Those are like the top three foodie places that I'd love to go. If you have any connections there, I definitely want to do a research trip, I guess you could say, before actually planning a trip over there. So please, please, please let me know. But that is the story of how the eating expedition came to be. It is 
a dream come true that I am getting to bring this to life. Um, and I know if you're listening to this podcast, you are likely a foodie. We are taking being a foodie up a notch and just getting to experience and appreciate other food cultures outside of our own. Well, this has been an absolutely labor of love that has been many, many years in the making. What I will leave you with today is where I'm hoping that this will grow to. I already alluded that I wanted to do, I want to do a few more trips, ideally once a year, just as I'm kind of, you know, managing a bunch of different businesses. One a year feels pretty attainable, but big, scary dreams getting super vulnerable here. I ideally would love to host one trip a quarter and not just myself, but have a team that can host these trips as well. I mentioned I would love to do one trip a year specifically for people who have recovered from eating disorders. I'd love to do networking trips of other eating disorder clinicians. But I think the biggest and scariest dream that I have, and I I cannot believe that I am actually sharing this on a, on a podcast because when you speak it out loud, you speak it into existence. But my big, scary, lifelong dream is to have the eating expedition become a Netflix documentary and be able to bridge this gap between travel host and food host and blend them together and have this just beautiful experience of appreciating different cultural cuisines in a food positive light. If you're looking to connect and learn more about the eating expedition, both for this upcoming Italy trip, as well as any future trips, the two best places to find us are our website, which is theeatingexpedition.com. And of course, you know, I'm on social media on Instagram. And you can find us at The Eating Expedition. Would love to connect with you there. Thanks so much for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to the pod on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and review, share with the business bestie, and check out our website at weightinclusiveinnovators.com. We'll see you next week.